We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. We should just change the name of assist to final touch before a goal because you can't, like, bicycle kick into somebody's face and have that be an assist. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast brought to you by rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. And Andrew, happy EFs of Paul Pogba Day. Yeah, I finally got him. I, I made the point uh, to everybody weeks uh, after, you know, I guess a week ago when Pogba was finally on in the player pool that nobody else was going to get him, and I made sure that was the case. 
So for all for those who don't know, EFSA is a fantastic league run by our colleague Chris Mozinski. And uh, Paul Pogba was not available in the player pool prior to the auction, which was uh, two weeks ago. However, he did hit waivers after week one. And Andrew had the most fab money by a decent margin. And I had the third most. I bid. So the whole, I think the most expensive player in the draft was uh, 70-something dollars. 76, I think, was uh, Sergio Aguero. Yeah, 76. I bid 90 and paled in comparison. I came... Uh, I was only seventy five percent of uh, of Andrew bid at one hundred and twenty five dollars. That's correct. Oh wow! Uh, so I, Andrew, I, ob- obviously, you feel like he's going to do very well in this scoring system, <laughs> and I'm sure he will. He better. Yeah, no, I. Um, <clears throat> the reason for my bid was, uh, you know, everybody's like, you know, shocked at this amount. It's by far the the most that anybody's been gone for in EFSA. Uh, my team. I've spoken previously that I wasn't overly impressed with my own auction. So the I just didn't have a, a real impact player um, from the auction. I didn't really keep anybody. My keepers from last year that, that would have cost me a lot are were junk, so I let them go. Um, so the Pogba, the Pogba bid, I believe you told me earlier today you bid 100, so it's nice that you're on the podcast now trying to tell everybody it was only 90. But Yeah, it, 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 it actually, I, I checked after you asked me. I thought I put in 100. I actually only put in 90. Okay. I did it. I did it. First of all, I bid because he was on the he was in the player pool for like a few hours last week, yeah. and, I put, and I put $100 in then, gotcha. and then I forgot that I'd only put 90 in this week gotcha. for some strange reason. So the, the bid amount of 125 was a dollar more than cj ray dunes who cj had the second most fab left so he had 124 left and i needed to bid an amount that i knew i would get him and uh, i thought about toying with the idea of like 101 and you know thinking somebody else would bid 100 but i just said you know what let me just make sure that i get him and the way that our our league works is that you it's a keeper league and you carry over your fab year to year. So you can, so I had fab left over from last year that I then used or had for the draft this year. I obviously didn't use much of it because I had, um, I think it was 160 something left. And so the idea was to pay the amount that nobody else could get them. And what I have left is more than half the teams in the league. So it's not like I spent a hundred percent of my fab budget on, on Pogba, uh, you know, I still have, I think it's 40 bucks left. And frankly, to, to use 40 for the rest of the season, like we're going to have to see some sort of big transfer coming in. Like last year, I spent uh, a lot of my fab money on Pedro when he came in, which was a total disaster after Kevin De Bruyne then came right after him, which I, who I believe you ended up with. But the, the Pedro move, I basically went in on Pedro because at the time it sounded it looked like the KDB deal was going to go under and then he was going to stay in Germany. So I was like, I might as well get the impact player that's coming in. I obviously was wrong about that one. I just don't see another another big time player coming in. The only one that that seems to even be rumored about is uh, Lacazette. And I'm not sure he's he's great enough for me to spend a significant amount of my fab budget. So. Uh, I went with Pogba. The 125 is, you know, I was explaining to a few people that no matter what salary Pogba was going for, either in fab or if he was in the auction, 
it was going to be so high that he probably wasn't going to be kept anyway. Um, the argument, you know, is like if you, if you keep Aguero at 76, like maybe he goes for that next year. Pogba probably doesn't go for over 100 in an auction next year. But looking at who else I have, um, you know, keeping Pogba at 125 looks much better when I can keep Pogba, Eric Lamella, Antonio Valencia, and Jordan Ibe for 129. And so uh, I have enough, like, cheaper keepers that uh, going 125 and making sure I got Pogba was, was perfectly fine with me. Yeah, I mean, the only the only players that I think would be any kind of meaningful probably play midfield or defense. I mean, they're not going to – or defensive midfield, like not even, not even really threatening much offensively, and defense. So uh, there's, I understand your point there, and I do agree with it, hence I put in a really large bit as well. Um, but, uh, I mean, I mean Blaise Matuidi is r- rumored to have handed in a transfer request mm-hmm. to PSG. Lacazette, as you mentioned before – I think Kolibali from Napoli, if Chelsea want to go in on that, there's really not that many. You're correct. I mean, there's also the the young Brazilian Gabigol, Mm -hmm. uh, Gabriel Barbosa. um, I think that's his name. But uh, I mean, there's really not that many. I mean, Gabigol would not be someone who would come in and make an impact right away. I think that's the difference that none of these guys are are moving the needle like Pogba does. Correct, and and someone like Skodron Mustafi, if he yep. decides to make the move, not gonna, not gonna really move the meter, and also maybe rotated once everyone's healthy at at uh, Arsenal if, they, if you went there. Yeah, so, I just it's not the. I mean, the price is obviously very high, but um, I'm not gonna get. I, I didn't have the opportunity to get anybody to make with that much of an impact for the rest of the season. Like I, anybody who's on waivers now is not gonna be able to do as much as Pogba does. And frankly, there, you know, like I said, I still have 40 bucks left throughout an entire season. Yeah. It's with your situation. Yes. I mean, you definitely can still pick up at least one player a week easily. Yeah. Yep. So that's really, that's the position I wanted to put myself in with $121. Hence the $90, this is a readjusted $90 bid. I just wanted to make sure I had enough money that if I needed to, you know, get a player almost every week I could. Right. I now start, I'm looking at my starting lineup now, and we start uh, eight guys. I have six who are $1, which probably says more about how bad my team is than it is about anything, my astute uh, auction moves. Potentially. Yeah, I think especially in this league, the lesson I learned from the draft was whatever money it takes to get one of the real impact players, pay it. Yes. Because the end game, you'll be fine at the end game. Yeah, I'm wondering if I will not even think about not keeping Pogba at 125. Like to the point where like, like I Let's said, not you get can, crazy now. You should well, throw him back and just pick him up at 90. I, I suppose. Can, I suppose you can save, you can save the $30. Yeah. That's a good point. Damn. Why did I say that? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a competitor <laughs> of yours. Yeah. Uh, the one, the one move to look out for those, if Watford get Roberto Pereira from Juventus, which is a strong rumor right now, he's someone I would really strong. I, I'm going to go after with my fab money. Yeah. You could probably have him for twelve. Yep, that's my point. <laughs> Unless yeah. I bid thirteen, because <laughs> <If you> <laughs> I no, still can. I, I'm, I'm hoping you do. Yeah, because <laughs> it just the longer it goes, because then January comes around and then there's a new window. All sorts of things could happen, just like uh, Kevin De Bruyne. But, but like, who have, who are those guys though? Like, I, 
I know we want to talk about these. You're not going to know. You're not going to know today. No, no, no. no, I know that. But the way I was looking at it was uh, how many like of these impact players are left not in the Premier League that realistically could come. I mean, Hamas Rodriguez is a potential candidate for January. That would be the biggest one, in my opinion. Uh, I think he's the only one. I mean, Carlos Baca is Baca's not. No, he's not. On. He's not the same. I understand he's not the same. Uh, I, mean, I just don't. When Simone you, Zaza from Juventus again. These are not the yeah. same. I'm, I'm not going to try to put the same level, but your point is made, yeah. and just, I your point is made, and I'm just giving you the the next best that I can think of that are realistic. Right. I mean, Leo Messi. There. Well, <laughs> oh, that's what I mean. I mean, we're, when <laughs> that, you think that, of that, like that's the, that's right. When you think of the guys who. Uh, who could go for a hundred bucks in EFSA? They're not coming. Not this year. They're. I mean, Ronaldo's not coming. Messi's not coming. Suarez, Neymar, Iguain. Neymar would be the most, uh, including Iguain. Neymar would be the most likely. Oh sure. Well, right. Most likely, it's not happening. Not and even happening. the German guys, Lewandowski or Mueller, like or those guys. None of them. Unlikely, but possible. Not, but but again, that's why you bid the what you did. You felt like it was very unlikely, and you're and you're most likely correct. Fair, yes. Fair. Okay, that's exhausting. Let's move on to the the meat of this podcast here. We have a couple of announcements for uh, for DraftKings. Uh, they, they've done a couple of things, and uh, we're going to participate in it for sure. Uh, but we'll let you know what that is when we get to our daily dose later. But let's run down the uh, the schedule for week two, shall we? Yeah, starting tomorrow, Friday. I know. A crazy Friday night game. Well, I don't know what is this league. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> but basically, uh, what's happened here is they followed the NFL model, where on any given night you can watch soccer. Yeah. Uh, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is owned by Europe typically, and uh, now Friday through Monday is going to have a Premier League day on it. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the other European, the bigger European leagues have been playing Fridays for a while. But um, yeah, it was clear like, hey, Premier League, would you like to make billions more by playing Friday? Sure. <laughs> Nothing more than that. And, and you know, and you know what Man United responded with the most interesting team against the, the most interesting upstart team. That's what they did. Uh, Manchester United at home against Southampton Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern time in America. Uh, everything went really well for Manchester United in week one. They're going to face a stiffer opponent, uh, and particularly in goal. Uh, Fraser Forrester is going to be working this week. you got to think, even still with Southampton, uh, I mean, Zlatan's going to tear them apart, aren't, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, his first game, real game at Old Trafford. I mean, uh, he, as ridiculous as, like, it sounds, but, like, this is, this is why they got him for like big moments like this, and and his goal last week he mishit that ball. Yep, yep, and, and it still went in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that's just that's just how good he is, and he'll try anything. He'll try the most audacious attempts, especially at home. Yep. Uh, but Southampton really have a, a tough fixture here, but they did play well in week one. Specifically, Dusan Tadic was all over the pitch. He didn't get rewarded with much in terms of the score sheet, but uh, on a site like um, on EFSA in our EFSA league or on. Uh, Taga, he he got his points still. Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure he's going to get them as much this week. It's going to be interesting to see uh, where 
where everyone lines up for United because it seems like the perfect opportunity for uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan to get a start. But Pogba too. And Pogba, yeah. But I, I think Jose Mourinho said today that Pogba is basically not ready to play 90, but um, I kind of hope that he, you know, if he's going to play 70, at least play the first 70 instead of trying to come in at the end and only give him about 15 minutes. But, like, shouldn't the opening game at Old Trafford be the one where you show off all your shiny new toys? Uh, Jose Mourinho is in the business of wins and not style. He's right, but he brought there. these guys in to win. I mean, I think he's... I think there's every reason to say, look at how good I can look how good I am by getting these guys and go go look at Mkhitaryan and, and Pogba play. The only thing that's keeping Mkhitaryan from starting is the fact that Mata got that first goal last week. Like yeah. if he didn't score, there'd be no question that that Mata wouldn't start again. Yeah, he uh, you know what? For every goal he scores, the price goes up. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so I, I'm. I'm hopeful, and, just as somebody who would like to watch a good game, that Mkhitaryan and Pogba start. Juan Mata's goal, by the way, was Simon Francis's own goal that Juan Mata got in the way of. I think I said that last week. Yeah. That, that's really what happened there. I, uh, for Southampton, I mean, they did play well in week one. Um, I, I, I'm hesitant to take anyone from Southampton this week unless you're in a season-long format, which you're just going to start them anyway. Just take the L. That's Yeah, that's how I feel. I think they actually won wasn't last year when um, Forster had like eight saves, like the day, the game after he did yep. the same thing against oh, Arsenal. Yeah, I, you know what? That's a great point. I mean, for, for daily, you know, if, if you're going to play the two game slate with the early game, I mean, Forster's not a bad option, but they're, they're much better out there. No, I mean, for the early, I mean, if you're, if you're doing the slate that includes Friday, it's just the Friday game and this early Saturday game It's a two game slate. But if you're but if you're in season long, I mean Fraser Forster is an option for saves, but just don't count him for a clean sheet or a win if you get bonuses on either of those. I agree. Yeah, you just have to hope that he gets enough saves to cancel out the goals allowed. Yeah. Okay. So let's go on to Saturday. <sighs> Stoke City at home against Manchester City. This is a game where Manchester City tend to struggle because uh, they just don't do well when they go to Stoke mm-hmm. and. Uh, Zerdan Sekiri got off on the right start last week with a free kick, uh, and Manchester City, they, they, they look a little sluggish, but they, they got the job done. They got their three points. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll see more people concerned about the fact that they were in Romania, um, for a Champions League qualifier this week than playing at Stoke, uh, or Zerdan Sekiri. But, I mean, that's, it's not a short trip, but... You know the possibility of of squad rotation is certainly there. I think uh, well Sergio Guerrero had a hat trick, inclu- and he also missed two penalties. And Pep Guardiola said he has as long as the players are okay with it, um, he's fine with Aguero continuing to take the penalties. So that's certainly good for for people who have him in FPL. But uh, do you have any concern about that? The fact that they no. had this with yeah <laughs> none. When you're up 5-1, you can miss two penalties. No, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. I meant specifically that they played this midweek Champions League nope. match. Still no. Okay. When, you, when you're up 5-1, you didn't really play that hard. <laughs> you know, like at a certain point, you you you, you go at half speed. Yeah. Uh, I, the, only, the only concern I would have is travel, but I'm pretty sure they travel very nicely on Etihad. Probably. Yeah. I'm sure Probably they get those nice. uh, really nice planes with the bedrooms and the, the waiter service. Right. Right. <laughs> But no, no concerns for me. Uh, the only concern is that you won't be able to use them on the Saturday DraftKings slate. That's the only concern. <laughs> right. There is a Friday-Saturday. 
Yep, but that again, yeah, again, are you more inclined to take the Man City options on the road given the Romania, or would you take the Manchester United options at home if you're doing that two games late? That's a good question. Um, I think you could see you'll see a few Zlatan Boyan combos. I would rather have Aguero Shane Long. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Or or if you're going to go that route, uh, Nathan Redmond and... Yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, I've always... I mean, it burned me last year, but I've always been very <clears throat> nervous to face off against a Jose Mourinho defense. Chris Smalling is back. I wonder if he starts next to Bailly or not. I hope so, because yeah. I have him on one of my teams. <laughs> There's going to be that whole daily blend. What, what do they do with him and... Uh, Antonio Valencia has been pretty good uh, there at right back, and he definitely loves to move up uh, to the point where we actually didn't see Luke Shaw getting into the attack much. And for everybody who's kind of like, oh, I'll take a United fullback because they, they move up, it seems like it's definitely Valencia and not Shaw doing that. At least in week one. It's hard to, it's hard to tell yet what the strategies are off of a one game sample. Yeah, I mean, it was just I mean, he obviously it was under a different manager, but Valencia has always shown that he can really that he much prefers to be in the attack than than defending and Shaw, yeah. I mean, Shaw doesn't have this like long career of being a great attacking fullback. You could have ended that sentence at career. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's go on to uh, a London derby here. We have Tottenham at home against Crystal Palace. Uh, I was shocked to see that so many ESPN personalities thought that Crystal Palace would go down and get relegated this season. But, man, did they play? Le- did Palace play like it last week? Um, and they still don't have a striker. They still don't. I- actually, I think I had like a dream that Bakary Saka was going to be the star striker going forward. That's that. Yeah, that's all it was. That's right. Uh, but this is the perfect fixture for Tottenham to rebound off of Week One. Yeah, and they weren't like they weren't like bad last weekend, but no, but they got. I mean, they got. They did not look great defensively. I mean, Ronald Koeman's Everton really took it to them. Yeah, I um, I just got an alert on my phone that Palace and Liverpool have agreed on a Benteke deal. Um, twenty-seven million plus add-ons that'll take it over thirty, which makes sense. But obviously he's not going to play this weekend. But yeah, uh, Spurs, I think we're going to have the same conversation each week uh, to the point until, or until Eric Lamella becomes more expensive than Christian Eriksen. But like, I don't think you'll, you're going to really have to, you're going to really struggle to like convince me that Christian Eriksen, who is usually much more expensive, is ever a better play than Lamella. Would you take Michelle Vorm at goalkeeper this yeah. week? Yep. Uh, I could be considering that Yoris is going to be out. Yes. Yep. The, the the Palace attack was pretty toothless. They lost Belasi or sold him, and they don't have Benteke yet. So, yeah, I have, I'd have no problem with any of those Spurs defenders. You'll obviously pay up for them, but I don't see I don't see Palace doing much this weekend. Mm. Yeah, it, this, this seems like uh, the most lopsided matchup of the weekend to me. Even though it is a London derby and crazy things can happen, I just don't think that Pochettino's Tottenham are going to let it happen. Agreed. All right, uh, let's go on to a, a, a faux London derby. Watford, who want to be considered a London team, 
uh, but they're in Watford and not in London, so they can't be. Uh, so well, they're at home in Watford, not in London, uh, playing against a Chelsea side from London. Uh, this looks like another, uh, you know, pretty much a wash, rinse, repeat what we just said about Tottenham for Chelsea going to Watford. Yep, yep. I think um, it'll be interesting to see if we get that Batshuayi Costa starting together because they played so well at the end of that West Ham game together, but. I'm not sure who necessarily falls out of the lineup to do that. Well, what Oscar would like, played pretty well, and what would likely happen is if they did that, they would go with a back three, and and basically they would either take out Ivanovic or they would take out Aspiliqueta. In my opinion, they would take out Aspiliqueta or put, uh, or they would take out. You know what? That's it. That's the only way they can do it because yeah. they're not going to take out Hazard or Willian. What about Matic? No, because they need him to shield. They would need him to shield in that instance. What do you mean? Unless they're they they don't You don't play 3-1. You know, you don't, you don't <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying if they played like a 4-1. No, they're not going to do 4. four if one, they put three, the both strikers in, they won't put 4 in the back. They'll put 3 at the back. Okay. I think that's the only way they do it. And that's what, I'm pretty sure that's what Conte wants to do. I just don't think he's comfortable enough with the way that his team defends. And you know what? He's right. Uh, they did not defend particularly well against West Ham. It's just that West Ham didn't choose to attack most of the game. Yes. There's some there talk was, that like Chelsea had this like great defensive effort, but like West Ham didn't put up much of a fight. Andy Carroll played left back. Right. All right. Let, let, let's put. I mean, there was minutes where he played left back. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually, should have been. It should have gotten a card playing left back with that foul that against Ivanovic. Trip. Yeah. yeah. Either way, uh, you know, basically what we said about Tottenham Crystal Palace just substitute Tottenham for Chelsea and substitute Watford for Crystal Palace. I don't think that there's. Much of an attack from Watford in this game, except for possibly Troy Deeney, but no thanks. Yeah, I, I, I even at home, I can't, I can't justify it with the way Chelsea played in Week One. Mm-hmm. And I'm not Chelsea's biggest fan as far in terms defensively. I just don't think that Watford posed the right attack because they're going to let Chelsea have the ball, and Chelsea will take the ball this year. They may not score a lot, but they'll take it. Yeah, I think these are going to be, they're just going to be overmatched, Watford. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just uh, you know body shots in the beginning with all the attack and maybe something late. I'm not, I don't think this will be a high scoring game. I think Tottenham Crystal Palace will be a high scoring, higher scoring game than Watford Chelsea. I think they could both. They'll both be like two nothing. Who do you think lead, leads Chelsea in goals this year? If Diego Costa plays yeah. the whole season at Chelsea, Diego yeah. Costa. Costa. Yeah, I think he's still the preferred number one to Batshuayi. So you don't think it's Hazard? No. Oh, okay. No. Hazard Hazard won't lead. He'll maybe lead the team in combined goals plus assists, but he will not lead the team in goals. Okay. I just don't see, I just don't see that happening from the wide position. Okay. Agree? Disagree? I think it's fair. Yeah. Okay. I'm, All right. I asked you because I hadn't really thought of it much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. That's, the, that's my kind of question. All right. Uh, we have West Brom at home against Everton. Uh... If this, if Everton's going to prove that they've taken the step forward under Ronald Koeman, this is one of those games where they have to get the three points. Yeah, I totally Tony, agree. Tony Pulis at home doesn't like to concede goals. Yep. So if Everton are really going to show that, hey, we're serious and we're going to be contending for a European spot this year, got to get the three points at West Brom. Yeah, I totally agree. It's going to be fun to see kind of how they line up uh, attacking-wise if – Lukaku stays. I mean, that's going to be 
I feel like that's the thought of every Everton supporter until September 2nd. Like, he can go at any moment, and as long as he's still there, they should be okay. But, like, do they line up with – does Belasti take Morales' spot? Is it as simple as that? I hope he doesn't this week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he starts – I don't think Belasti starts this week. But, like, do you play Lukaku up front, Belasti and De La Feu on the wings, and Barkley behind them? Yeah, that's what I would do. And then Morales is – Basically super back sub. to a super sub, yeah. Yep. Okay. He's the Salomon Kalu of this team. <laughs> Do you think Belasi finally becomes what we have kind of hoped he would become? If he learns how to score, then yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he can see. I think he'll be very involved, but he doesn't have the finishing touch Sadio Mane has, for example. Yep. So if you're talking, if you're thinking he's going to be like the Sadio Mane of Southampton last season. We have to. He has to show consistently that he can finish, which he just doesn't. Right. He's also 27. He's not 23 like Mane is, or I think Mane is 23. Allegedly. I'm just saying we have we've seen. It, I think either we've seen Balassi's peak or like this is it. Yeah. Like I'm, he's not going to get like significantly better over the next two or three years. So yeah. it's got to be now. <laughs> One note about um, if for Everton, Seamus Coleman is projected potentially to be out after until after even the international, international uh, World yeah. Cup qualifiers. Yeah, so um, keep that in mind. I lo- I loved him before the season started. Just throwing that out there. It, what's interesting ranked, is that they've I had him ranked way above Leighton Baines. Yeah, and yet it's Baines the one who's healthy so far. Um, the the move to a back three. Uh, made a lot of sense and would have made sense with John Stones also. <laughs> but obviously when you can get 50 million pounds, you take it. But the, what do you think of that move? You obviously weren't a huge fan of putting Baines out as a wing back, but no, I'm still not. Yeah. Uh, unless he's, unless he's not going to be depended on to play defense and run up and down the pitch which most wingbacks are supposed to do, uh, then then I could be okay with it. But judging from his four points on uh, from Taga, who gives points for almost everything, yeah. <laughs> uh, he didn't really do much. Okay. That's the way I'll put it. Yeah. With Taga, for a quick moment, one of my favorite uh, things that they did this year for the Perfect 11 game was to carry over your lineup from last week to this week, which makes it so much better because there were numerous times last year where I forgot to put a lineup in and then you just get a zero for the week, but carrying it over ensures you don't do that, which um, almost makes it a little more like FPL, but with unlimited transfers, kind of something like that, but it's nice to be and able no to salary cap. Right. Um, so well done Taga guys. I like that a lot. Way to go. Dr. John. Now, just make sure you get uh, waivers transacted before, like, Thursday <laughs> afternoon when there's a game on Friday. You, br- you, you, br- you, bring, uh, you bring the compliments, and I'll bring them back down to earth. That's okay. the way we'll do this. Sounds good. Okay. Let's go on to Swansea and Hull. Swansea, of course, playing Burnley last week, so they got virtually a week off to start. And Hull with the surprising 2-1 against Leicester. Does the, do the good times keep on rolling over in Wales for Hull? This is again. I remember I said it before the season started. You know, Swansea always start the season very well, and now they're at home. And I think that there's going to be a lot more people on that Swansea defense, like I was last week. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people jumped on Jordi Amat because he's um, he's starting now, at least for FPL. But, I mean, Hull could realistically win, like, seven more games all season. And so, I'm not sure. One for each player on the team. Yeah. The Robert Snodgrass looked pretty good, though. Even without the goal, he looked pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but, ultimately, this team is not very good. Last week was was a fluke. Uh, I'm sure I said that about Leicester last year, but I'm going to say it about Hull this year. Um, it's, a, it's not. It's not a. It's not a real heavy limb that you're going out on. There. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Uh, oh, sorry. Seager's, it is a. It, it is, is a, a strong limb. Yeah. Uh, I think Gofi Seagrenson will start this week, and I think, uh, you know, anybody should have no hesitation to go with him. Yeah, I was about to say, and I think a lot of people are going to take him. Yeah. But we may have seen <sighs> 25% of Leroy Fair's goals for the season. Uh, that didn't stop me from picking him up because he has more than goals. Right. Yeah. I'm just for like I'm assuming he's cheap in FPL, but like uh, he's not a ten goal I was, scorer. Yeah. So. I was referring to Taga. I think I yeah. picked him up in one of our leagues, mm-hmm. and I, I I'm not sure if he's available in FP, in EFSA, but my midfield is too strong in EFSA for him to join. Mm-hmm. So. Excuse me. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> but yeah, I think uh, I think you'll see enough people on the whole uh, attackers. This like I think Snodgrass won't be like won't yeah. be forgotten. I think. Uh, El Mahamedy is a, a decent play too, so I don't know. I'd... Yeah, if Hall can get a guy like Robbie Brady, that would really help. <laughs> that would help. Yeah, it's basically Richard Snodgrass, but on the other side of the field. Robbie Brady's the one we forget about. Neymar coming into the Premier League. It was Brady that I missed out. I'm going to miss out on with my Pogba bid. Huh. And I'm going to be there to pick up the pieces. That's right. All right, forty-one dollar uh, but... bid. You're going to need. <laughs> Uh, Fernando, thank you, <laughs> Fernando Llorente, uh Would you start him as a uh, as a striker this week? Um, I feel like we're going down this road that we went down with Alberto Pelosi last year. That like I just yep. nothing gets me excited about the Swansea attack. Borja Baston could get the start instead. Like, uh, well, and also Barrow was starting. Yeah, last Modu week. Barrow. I think they'll start together. It's just like that's such a crap sandwich. I want no part of. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, what about Albert Hernandez? Uh, sorry, I'll put it this way: Albert Hernandez or Fernando Llorente in this game? Um, I, I think Sigurdsson's really the only one I, I really want to focus on from from Swansea. Albert Hernandez will get the shortest traveling assist of all. Yeah. Of all time. That's that. I mean, I realize we can't start making assists like, uh, you know, uh, I don't even know what the word is I'm looking for, but we can't make them. We can't make each goal, each uh, game score, like decide what's Ar- a capable arbitrary. assist. Arbitrary was like, arbitrary. The words you were going to looking for. It wasn't, but but I'll go with that. But like, there is no part of that assist that was a pass. And like, <laughs> we should just change the name of assists to final touch before a goal because you can't like bicycle kick into somebody's face and have that be an assist. Well, speaking of photogs, let's go over to. Uh, Burnley and Liverpool because I think there'll be a lot of fatogs on the Liverpool side of this one. Uh, a lot of goals, a lot of final touches. Oh, I guess before goals, I guess the O doesn't really fit in there, does it? No. I missed. Uh, I totally missed on that joke. Okay, Burnley at home, <laughs> Liverpool. It's a on silent the road. B. It's a. <laughs> uh, or it's an invisible B, not a silent it's a, B. Right. No, it, it's a B that's missing the line in the middle of it. That's right. what it's doing. Right. Uh, anyway, um, Bur- Burnley at home against Liverpool. This is 
this is Liverpool scoring a lot of goals again, but hopefully not letting up as many in terms of uh, my ranking Simone Mignolet number one overall this week for goalkeepers. Wow, that is... Hmm. Yikes. Um, the biggest note is that Sadio Mane um, is very, very questionable with a shoulder injury. He apparently, or not apparently, he went to the hospital after... Uh, a collision in training for scans. Yes. For scans. Yes. It's not like he, it's not like he was you know, with chest pain that he'll lose his life. You know. <laughs> no. Um, but I'm guessing he doesn't start uh, because of that, uh, which conveniently Daniel Sturridge is supposed to be back. So uh, he'll be there. The other one that I thought was interesting is that James Milner is the front runner to start at left back because Alberto Moreno was so bad last week against, against Arsenal that Milner is fit and is ready to take on that role. So if you thought that like he crossed a lot already, I think you're going to see a lot of open play crosses for Milner in that role. And Coutinho pulled up lame last week, but he's also apparently going to be okay. So, um, you know, you don't have to, to worry too much about that, but, um, who's your best Burnley player? Because like the Liverpool defense is still Tom Heaton. Really? That is good. I feel like that will be the consistently highest scoring player on that team. Wow. It, sorry, in which format? Anything. Tom Heaton. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, there's no way that Liverpool goes to Burnley. Not that, like, Turf Moors is, like, fortress, defensive fortress. But, like, Liverpool is going to give a lot of goals this year. And we saw that last week against a Arsenal B squad. So, like, somebody's going to score from Burnley. Oh, yeah, but with, with the thing about Tom Heaton that's great is Burnley also lets up shots that don't go in. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Off of Heaton for a second. Like, who's who's scoring the goals for Burnley this week? Or is it uh, Heaton from 90? Andre right? Gray? Yeah. I think that's the only option you can think off the top of your head. I mean, if anyone else gets the goal, unless it's Sam Vokes who plays for a strange reason. Um, George I, Boyd? I, no. <laughs> so, Scott Arfield? Arfield, yeah. Somebody's scoring from this team. There's no way Liverpool shuts them out. My, your guess is as good as mine, which means I'm taking nobody offensively for them. Hmm. I mean, you. I mean, if you're in a season long, you have Andre Gray. I mean, I don't think you're afraid to start him. Yeah. But I'm not going crazy with like Scott Arfield ranking him highly or anything like that. The, it's it's too random in terms of anyone else scoring a goal. Besides for Andre Gray, who's the highest goal scorer and how many do they get on Burnley? Uh, Vokes with eight. Who doesn't start? <laughs> he might start. I said he, does, he won't start consistently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I'm going with this. Okay. And if you think someone who doesn't start consistently gets eight goals, I mean, that's, that's, that's a ballsy enough prediction as it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, you know, throwing that out there for you. Yeah. All right. On the Liverpool side, basically, whoever starts in their front six, you are interested. And James Milner, you're interested. And Nathaniel Klein, you're probably interested. Uh, I'm interested in Simo Mignolet. But. Gross. I, uh, yeah, I think you're right. All those guys, there's no hesitation. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine there being much hesitation. Ugh. Just a terrible, terrible game for Burnley to open their season with at home. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get to the one that everyone's going to be talking about. It's the 1230 game on Saturday or 1130 Central where I'll be on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Leicester at home against Arsenal. Leicester with the big news this week that Riyad Mahrez has signed his four-year extension, making his January transfer that much more expensive. 
I don't think he's moving. Like he's staying. Oh wait, I, yeah, yeah. Just we'll see. Uh, he's certainly not moving in this window. No, I don't think that changes anything for January, particularly for the team that they're playing against this week to make a bid. But uh, Arsenal, of course, uh, coming off the four-three loss to Liverpool, uh, now facing the defending champions, who are also wounded, coming off of a two-one loss to Hull. Uh, just a just a bunch of angry, angry players and coaches in this one. I think Arsenal's loss to Liverpool showed that Mares is like the last thing they need. Well, but it is only one Mares compared to Liverpool, who have four or five Mares light players. <laughs> Not exactly Mares, but I, I just mean like if they're going to like spend forty million pounds to do it on another attacking winger is just absurd. Yeah, uh, fair. But anyway, and and I mean Leicester, you know, last year they took a grand total of zero points off of Arsenal. Yep. And one of those games, I think, it was like five two or something like that. Correct. Yeah, that was one, that was at Leicester. Yeah, I think there was a red card involved in there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, uh, Arsenal. There's a possibility that the guys that sat out last week, meaning uh, Mesut Ozil, Laurent Koscielny, and Olivier Giroud, start or at least will be available. Uh, Aaron Ramsey's out. Alex Iwobi is out. Uh, Murder Sacker's still out. Gabriel's still out. Um, so if Koscielny comes back, which one of the two defenders do you think sits, Holding or Callum Chambers? Um, I think it's it's a total coin flip. Like Holding is a true center back, and Chambers is one of these like he comes off as like a versatile defender that he can play in different spots, but I'm not sure he can play in any any of them. Like I'm not sure what a, a jack of many trades, a master of none. I'm I guess um, he. Yeah, I don't know what what his position is. Uh, this time last year, I think I was saying they should turn him into a defensive midfielder, basically try to make him Eric Dyer. But uh, I'm not sure that spot's open anymore for for or Arsenal, David so. or who? I was saying or David Louis the Chelsea times. Yeah, 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 something like that. Um, so I don't know what his deal is. He scored last week. Um, not that it was a great goal. I think the ball was actually going in and just kind of like brushed off of his hair. But last touch, so he gets it. Um, last touch before goal. That's yeah. an L tog, whatever, <laughs> if I'm going to go bye-bye. Yeah, <laughs> the silent invisible B. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't think it matters. I don't think you're playing either of those guys. I think there are going to be plenty of goals in this one. Maybe not seven, but I think there'll probably be at least four. Yeah. You got. I mean, what's impressive is that Santi Cazorla last week came off the bench and got two assists. Yeah, I think he'll he'll slot right into Ramsey's spot. Um, I so, mean, he's very good. He was just hurt last year, so he's still able to do a lot of things. Uh, and then and Arsenal kind of he knows how they play, and so they uh, didn't he also take penalties for a while? Uh, yep, yep. I don't know who takes so, him now. There's potential there. He'll be well cut. No, it will not. Uh, I don't know if Walcott will see the field again. Yeah. Let's get to Sunday, shall we? We have Sunderland at home against Middlesbrough, the new version of the Tyneware Derby because Newcastle are nowhere to be found. <laughs> right. Uh, this this game should be fun to watch for the atmosphere alone, and uh, I actually think this game can be pretty close in terms of talent on the pitch too. So I think this one will be very fun to watch. What about what about you? Which means it'll be like one one. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think it should be a good one. Um, neither team is that great, so we've got that going for us. And 
Sunderland are still trying to figure out what they're going to do in the back. Uh, they got, I think Jonas Kubel started last week, but they've got Patty McNair in there now. He could start, um, you know, the... They, and they have Donald Love as well. Yep. Yeah, Love started at right back. Um, my guess is that Wabi Kazri gets back in the starting lineup, but, I mean, Lyndon Gooch played okay last week. Uh, enough, you know, he wasn't terrible, so, you know, you, I don't know how Moyes feels about him. Obviously, he feels good enough to start the opener, but I think Jermaine Defoe's the first place you look from this game. I think he's the first place and probably the second place, and, you know, maybe you get to Alvaro Negredo at third place. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, Gaston Ramirez in uh, in Taka scoring did very well. Yep, yep. Much better than Stuart Downing. That's correct. Um, so, yeah, I think the I think there'll be plenty of uh, uh, players that you can grab from this game to get plenty of points on the Sunday slate. Um, it's kind of a weird slate because like there's no like big team. With apologies to West Ham. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna. Be, I mean, the the Sunday slate should be a fun one to play because you have to, you know, look for players that you don't normally take. But um, I think a lot can be had from this game from Sunderland Middlesbrough. I think there's some value to be had. Mm-hmm. I, you know, for example, I I currently in my best eleven for this week for Taga, I think I have George Friend in there. <laughs> you love him. I do. Hey, he did well last week. Did he? Was he that great? I think you got like I think you got uh, what was it eleven points something like that last week. That's not so bad for a defender. I don't think so. Yeah, that lost. I could be wrong. I could be thinking of somebody else, but I think it was something like eleven points. Who Either do you way, like more? Um, anybody not named Patrick Van Anholt or Patrick Van Anholt? George Friend, I can put right at the same level. Really? Wow. I can't. I can see it. I'm not going to do oh. it, but I mean, I like. Van Aanholt better, but I don't think George Friend is like some distant second here. Okay. Especially considering the the likely savings you'll get in terms of a weekly league, I I think it's well worth it. I don't know if the difference is going to be that much. Like on DraftKings, um, Friend wasn't that cheap. Yeah, but I don't think I think Van Aanholt this week would be you know five hundred dollars more. Would you put Van Aanholt third behind Defoe and Negredo? Gaston Ramirez would make an appearance somewhere. Ahead of Van Anholt or behind him? Potentially. <laughs> no, I, I, I tend to favor attackers over defenders. You know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like what I saw from Gaston Ramirez last week. Okay. I'm not okay. going to lie. So it, it could be just a, from the one-game sample, but uh, he definitely had the ta- all the talent in the world two years ago last time he was in the Premier League. So I've got Van Anholt in my Taga perfect 11. Well, you know, I may I may just keep George Friend in there just so we can see a little comparison. There we go. There we go. Bold. All right. West Ham at home against Birdmouth. I think this will be West Ham. Uh, well, the thing about West Ham here, they lost it. Well, well, they just acquired Andre Ayew for $20 million more than Swansea did. $20 million pounds more than Swansea did last season. And they're going to get significantly less out of him because he's out for four months. Yeah. The um, It was such a classic... Um, like injury information in sports is like difficult to find. Uh, teams are really tight-lipped about it, and uh, my guess in a lot of soccer instances, and this happens, I think, more in MLS. But uh, I think clubs basically tell reporters that if they disclose more than the club wants, 
then they just won't get the access anymore. And, you know, when your job depends on getting access to these teams, that's obviously important. And so I think r some reporters know a little more than than what's led on. But so the stories were coming out about uh, IU and like he was going to be out a few weeks. Uh, West Ham eventually came out with a statement that said nothing like he was going to undergo scans. But the David Sullivan's I think it was either his son or his grandson. David Sullivan is the chairman of West Ham, and he's actually pretty uh, active on Twitter. But his grandson went on Twitter and was like, it's a bummer we're losing IU for four months. And everyone's like, whoa, 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 what? Like, how do you know that? And it's like, oh, your your uh, grandfather, like, runs this team. And everyone's like, West Ham's like, oh, we don't know how long he's going to be out. <laughs> it was, like, very definitive, like, Andre IU is going to be out for four months. And it's like... That's that's why I love the Twitter and the internet and stuff like that because like some rich guy's grandson is now breaking news that nobody else had. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of, uh, from a fantasy perspective. It is a little bit of a shame because I did want to see what Andre Ayo would look like in this offense, but you just you only got like thirty minutes of it until yeah. he pulled up lame chasing Gokin, down Hasselbeck. Gokintore is not Andre Ayo. No, he is not. Uh, you know, maybe they'll be in line for another Victor Moses loan. Who mm. knows? I think um, on this Sunday slate that Dimitri Payet might be like a hundred percent owned. In every he GPP, yeah, he might be. Um, he's definitely the best player by far. And I, unlike what we said before about Van Allen and George Friend, I think there is a significant gulf between him and second place. Yeah, which actually could be Callum Dustin Wilson. Ramirez? Oh, yeah, well, Cal, I was saying Callum Wilson from Bournemouth. Mm -hmm. It could be. Uh, I, I honestly, I mean, it probably is Defoe, but Callum Wilson. West Ham uh, don't shut out a lot of teams. Yeah, it's a bad. I mean, last week for Bournemouth was a bad week because it was Manchester United, you know, so on opening day. Yeah. Uh, who needed to make a statement? So, I mean, you didn't get to see the best of them. Yep. Uh, Max Gradle didn't even play, and I I'm not sure if that'll continue or not. But I, for my ESA team, I have to monitor that because I have both Wilson and Gradle. But yeah. uh, it's. <sighs> There's really not much to be excited about for Bournemouth. I mean, Adam Smith did get a goal, which is good from a you know a left back, well, a right back position, I believe, or left back, one of the two. Um, he's someone on DraftKings that's at least a, a consideration for this week as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, like I think because of this, I mean, two game slates kind of do that anyway. But like, I think you'll be able to take whoever you want in this one, and I don't think you know going away from the Burnmouth or the Middlesbrough defenders is a problem yeah i don't think so either you're going to be forced into taking at least one of them anyway so i mean right. you may as well, it, 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 i think you may as well go with the one who has a threat for crosses which would be like charlie daniels adam smith yep. um you know van george friend yeah. <laughs> and van Holt, of course um <laughs> let's get to DraftKings, shall we i really don't i really don't care about that last game it's really not that exciting okay. uh the most, the most exciting bit was the injury right. um, oh andy carroll may be an, an option too yes he is an option <laughs> he's not injured yet so nope. you know he, he was on he was on pace to score 20 goals but before his injury like john wallen reported for us in the preseason mm -hmm. so, you know he's got to get his goals somewhere this would be a likely spot all right DraftKings. two big announcements um one they are now allowing for multiple positions uh so you may have no you may notice when you fill up your lineup cards that you will see some people with f slash m in their names or maybe some m slash d's i think it's uh, just I think it's just wingers. I don't know if they have any. No, M slash D's. No, no Mikel Antonio rules yet. No. Or Antonio Valencia rules. Correct. No. Okay. Well, yes, correct. Correct. Right. Not yet, at least. Okay. I was going to say Enter Valencia because I believe Enter Valencia will 
be MS. Well, Enter Valencia Antonio, did. Antonio, yes. Yeah, sorry. <clears throat> uh, well, the weirdest one to me that was uh, classified as a midfielder, I think, was um, I think it was Benteke or someone yeah, like that. It's, it's someone who was a clear striker, but it was also classified as a midfielder. Either way, um, so there was that. Them, which is odd. Dini, that was the one. Yeah. That was the one. Um, and so, Loic Remy. Like what? Yeah, that's the you know. Never mind. That was the one. <laughs> Loic Remy, he who has never played midfield in his life. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I, so something to definitely keep keep uh, keep an eye on, and my my team will reflect that, and I'll I'll show you why in a few minutes. But uh, the other announcement is is the creation of leagues for the public. Anyone can start a league now, not just Matthew Barry. So right. uh, that's that, that's nice to see. Uh, we will be starting our own league. We will be sending out a tweet with the link uh, at some point before the week, game week starts. So keep your eye out for that. I'm sure we'll get a couple of retweets as well from the community to help you guys out and let you know. All right. Without further ado, your goalkeeper and two defenders, I'm assuming. Yep, I spent up uh, everywhere else, so I went really cheap here. Um, oh, so did I. Yeah, I started with Martin Stecklenberg, um, which actually worries me more than anything else, and I want to say I might actually take the other side of that with uh, Ben Foster, but I didn't right now. So I've got Stecklenberg. Um, I have Stephen Kingsley, who started for Swansea last week, um, Neil Taylor, uh, was getting a little bit of a break after Euros. If Kingsley starts again, I really like him at 3,100. And my other spot was 2,600 on Ragnar Klavan, who started at center back for Liverpool. And the only reason I picked him is because he's starting and he's $2,600. Um, I think you missed an opportunity at $2,700 and you won't be able to take him because I took him. Uh, was Mason Holgate. I, I, had, I had Holgate in there. Um, it's just like I don't think the Everton defense is that good and he's playing basically a center back, so... I don't know. I, I, I took I took Mason Holgate at twenty seven hundred. Yeah. I took uh, Tom Heaton, so I spent even less money at goalkeeper at forty one hundred. I am just counting on saves. Uh, that that is the only thing I'm hoping for. He had seven last week, and I don't think it's too unreasonable to think he'll get five this week. Yeah, he could also let up five goals, but well, let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> I think. Uh, but I uh, but on the other side, he took Nathaniel Klein, who got an assist last week uh, for Liverpool at forty four hundred. So assist. I guess technically I spent up for Nathaniel Klein. Yeah, sure did. Yeah, I think uh, you know they all make sense, but I think there are enough. All the big teams, well, not all of them, but there are a lot of big teams here with the big players that you're going to want. So yeah, but I mean, you're you're missing out on. You know, two big teams uh, in both Manchester clubs because yeah. they're both not in the – they're both in the early two games. Yep. But either way, uh, there's still lots of value to be had, and I did not spend a lot of money in mid – oh, sorry. In my midfield classified designation <laughs> slots. Yes. That's very important to say. So right. my two people who have an M next to them in my lineup card are Demerai Gray at 4,700, wow. who I thought was the – you know, him and Musa were the two most dangerous players for Leicester. And I actually first thought about Musa, but then saw he was seventy one hundred dollars. I'm like, geez. Wow. <laughs> so um, I, I decided to back off on that one. So I'm not the only one who like. Actually, you know what? He's jumped up to seventy two hundred dollars <laughs> since I just last spoke. Um, so it, it, that was just a lot of money. So I decided to go with Demerai Gray, who I thought looked equally dangerous as Musa, and only cost forty seven hundred. And I'm thinking that he plays one more week. So Kevin Morales is going to be my other midfielder at 4,800. Mm -hmm. uh, and those are the two midfield designated spots. 
What's funny is that when uh, this came out with, with the split positions, uh, I was having conversation, actually separate conversations, but they were essentially making the same point that you're going to end up going heavy on midfielders because you can put some midfielders in your forward spot because forwards are so goal dependent that if you can get a guy with a much safer floor, then you're going to try to use that. So like Eden Hazard or um, Alexis Sanchez, like you're going to use those guys in the midfield spot. Yeah, I guess you always had, I mean, in the forward spot because they're just safer. Um, I then made this lineup and I ended up with three forwards, meaning wow. a, a four, a true forward um, in both forward spots and in the utility. But so the two guys who I have in my midfield right now are Eden Hazard and Gilfie Secretson. And so I guess, uh, then who are your three forwards? Um, I grabbed Roberto Firmino and Daniel Sturridge. I think your boy, Tom Heaton is going to get blasted this week. And then I utility. You know what? If they get, if they get, if they get a shot on goal, that's worth what? Two points. <laughs> yeah. Three. three, I think three. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause every three points they two, get, yeah. yeah, every he three gets points two. he yeah. gets two. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to actually go in the net instead of just on target. But anyway, so I have those two and then I spent the Sturridge at 6,600 if he starts is just an absolute steal. Um, like I, you would take a 6,600, if it just said like Liverpool attacker 6,600, like you would take that. And the fact that it's somebody who scored a boatload of goals, uh, Firmino, I'm hoping enough people pass on him after he was basically the only one not to get on the score sheet against Arsenal. Um, He's $200 less than Philippe Coutinho, so I'm hoping that Coutinho is the over, over-owned one. And then my last one is Romelu Lukaku. If he plays. Yeah, I think he's, he's going to play. He's trained fully this week. So, so I have um, so I have two midfielders in my forward spot, in Eden Hazard and Riyad Mahrez. Um, and in my utility spot, I have Harry Kane. Hmm. And I still have $1,600 left over. Yeah, well, spending on that disgusting defense that you have. It's not disgusting. <laughs> the Daniel Klein and Mason Holgate, that's not disgusting Holgate at is all. terrible. You should take Kingsley over Holgate. I'm not going to take have a, You could have a ton of... You have. Well, yeah, you can have a... There are a ton of defensive options. Or you can improve on Heaton. Get a win. Uh, I don't think there needs to be much improvement <laughs> on Heaton. All right. I just don't. Okay. Um, for me, I mean, I could go... You could probably get Minule, who you have as the top goalkeeper this week. In FPL scoring, not in the DraftKings scoring. Oh, that's the same. I mean, yeah. you'll yeah, I guess yeah. But for me, for me here, I, okay. Let's say I try to max out from Mason Holgate. I can upgrade to Toby Alderweireld, Joel Ward, who I love, but not against Tottenham. DeAndre Yedlin, if he plays for Tottenham, would be a good option. Uh, but you know, there's really it doesn't really. There's not a lot of stars in this range. I mean, you have to go yeah. up to the 44, 4500 to get to the real big guys. Yeah. So I'm, I'm it's, I'm like, so I'm a hundred dollars short in that regard. And unless I'm going to skimp even more on Tom Heaton, which I don't think I can do. I think you could downgrade Harry Kane. I think he's a little goal dependent. Oh yeah, of course I could. Uh, I actually spent Harry. I spent the money on Harry Kane because I realized I had so much money left over. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't need to put a, fo- a true forward in. I just don't. Yeah, I think a lot of people won't. Yeah, because I can put in Alexis Sanchez there. Right. Just as an example, I could also take Riyad Mahrez because I'm not sure how much of a value he is at 9900, but mm. against Arsenal. 
But that if they're still going to have that second-rate defense there, if Laurent Koscielny does not come back, I'll keep Mares in. If he does, I probably I might pivot off of Riyad Mahrez, to be fair. I think Mahrez and Vardy could score. Thank you. They, just, I know they could score. Yes. I think they. Yeah, how about that? I think they will score. Just both slop. Yeah. And they, and they set each other up. Like I think it's just gonna it, it's gonna just be a total slap in the face to Arsene Wenger. Yeah, yeah. These are the two guys that told you no over the summer. Two of the many. Right. The only <laughs> and Lacazette will be the third. Somehow he'll get on Leicester and score it all. <laughs> right. Tomorrow. Yes, that's right. By tomorrow. No, gross. They'll ship. They'll, they'll ship him overnight. It's, yeah, I like Leicester on that one. Yeah, you, of course, you do. You're a self-hating Arsenal fan. I was the one telling everybody to calm down last week. Yes, and now you're back to your normal place of just absolutely hating on Arsenal. <laughs> you're, you're like me last year already. Except you know, except that Chelsea, they did have an actual real problem. Like, you know what? It's the same problem. Center backs either not being healthy or not being good enough. Arsenal or Chelsea? Both. Both, yeah. Fair? Yeah. Yeah. All right. In general, would you recommend people I – mean, I think it's interesting that you know, even though we both said you know, midfielders are safer, they will lower floor, you still wound up with three forwards on your team. Um, is this something you're doing just as kind of an experiment to go against my three uh, – to get my four midfielders out of five? Or is this something that – you feel is just the best value this week? Uh, I think once I started building it, uh, building my lineup, it was if most people are going to use midfielders in the forward spot, um, I think because I basically only play tournaments. I don't play a lot of cash games. Um, And for tournaments, you need to do what everybody's not doing. And so I wanted to try it out, yeah, to see if, if I can get enough points from my forwards that... I mean, obviously, in any GPP, if all your players go off, you're going to have a good score. But I think if you can, I think if everybody's trying to say, how many midfielders can I fit into my lineup, I'm going to do the opposite. All right. And you can try out your theories in uh, the soon to be Rotowire League on DraftKings. And stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that link. And we'll catch you next week. We have to end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. So we'll catch you next week when we review game week two and also the first ever. Rotowire League on DraftKings. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment 
and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.